Without Jerry McNamara, we wouldn't have won 10 games this year. Okay? Not 10. Two seconds and one. It's 10 wins in a row for the Crunch. It's the biggest upset in the Carrier Dome in more than 30 years as the Orange hold off the defending national champions. They beat Clemson. The Bills make me want to shout. McCoy in the backfield takes the handoff, runs up the middle, breaks a tackle. He's inside the 10, cuts to the left, into the end zone. Buffalo wins. Back to full. Red Sox fans have longed to hear it. The Boston Red Sox are world champions. Somebody in Vegas told them they were going to win by 20. They'll look at the positive side of things once in a while instead of the negative all the time. This is On the Block. Here's X-Men. ESPN Radio 97.7, 100.1, ESPN Radio, Utica Road, tapping in Mohawk Valley, heard on 96.5 FM, always great to have you along for the ride. You can listen to us wherever you go and whatever you do on the ESPN app, download that baby, make sure you hit the listen tab, find us, and off you go. Another rainy day in downtown Syracuse. About that. What a stunner. Uh, but, but friends, the weather is looking amazing for this weekend. And you know what's happening this weekend? Oh, you know, a little thing we like to call the Taste of Syracuse, the Summit Federal Credit Union Taste of Syracuse, presented by Tops Friendly Markets. We will be there Friday, 4 to 6, doing this show. All the dollar samples, all the live music, all weekend long on three different stages leading up to Sugar Ray, Saturday night. Special chance for you to register to go to ESPN with us Saturday from 6 to 8 at the Spectrum News Broadcast Tower. It's all happening, baby, and the weather is looking bellissimo for this weekend for the Taste of Syracuse, because of course it is. So we get the rain out of the way today, and then off we go. How you doing? How's your Tuesday going? You ready to do this thing? You ready to participate? You ready to get some hot takes a-flowing? Let's do this. That's hot. 437 that's the phone number to call Brent Axe Media on Twitter, where the show never stops. And the text line is 288-0644. You know, it, uh, we lead the show. The Open is uh, born to run. But today, friends, one of the best albums ever, one of the most influential albums for a young Brent Axe and for many of you out there, 35 years ago today, what an is an incredible year for music, pop culture, movies. Born in the USA. Came out today, 35 years ago. Amazing to think of. So all the bumps today will be off this incredible album. And frankly, this song is like ninth or 10th on the list. And it's the title track. I'm going to Bruce it out today, baby. It's not every day it's the 35th anniversary of one of the more iconic albums you'll ever hear. So we'll do that throughout the show as well. We'll talk some sports, including right here in this hour, the head coach of Bayheim's Army, Ryan Blackwell, is scheduled to join us. The roster has come together. Are there potential ads to the roster we can discuss? 
I mean, are we going to get Carmelo Anthony or not? What's going on with this? Being in Syracuse this summer, can they beat overseas elite? Is there a way in this year? It gets bigger and better every year, and we will talk to Ryan Blackwell about it coming up right here in this hour. Scheduled to join us at 420. We'll do hot takes as usual. A unique message from Syracuse football head coach Dino Babers. Thanks, Brent. You coach. Tell you about that. Do some hot takes, including, I believe, it's happening, kids. The rematch could be on already for the dad bod heavyweight champion of the world. But what I want to start with today is why it may not matter if O'Shea Brissett does not get drafted and why it may not matter if Tyus Battle does not get drafted. Now, let's be up front from the beginning. You want to be drafted. If you are somebody who has put your name into the NBA draft, you have left earlier than usual in the case of one O'Shea Brissett, or maybe earlier than we thought in the case of O'Shea Brissett, or if you're Tyus Battle and you may have stayed a year too late, but you're still in the process, but not quite maybe where you were a year ago and have to work your way back in. People look at it and say, well, Seth just said it during his update. I've got his update right here. O'Shea works out for the Boston Celtics. He is not currently projected in most mock drafts. Now, I'm not here to tell you that that doesn't matter because it would be disingenuous to say something like that. But you have to keep something in mind, the new era that we are in. There are only 60 picks, and you want to be one of them. If anything, just for the rest of your life, no matter where your basketball career goes and what you do, you can say, I was in NBA draft. And that is something no one can ever take away from you, no matter what your career is. Okay. That being said, interesting to read this today from Jonathan Gavoni, ESPN NBA draft guru. It shows you the numbers. It shows you the mountain to climb for O'Shea, Tyus, or any prospect that's you know not rolling off the tongue initially as some of those top prospects that you know are first-rounders, you know will go in the draft. So let's just set up the numbers, and then let's look at why it may not matter. They don't get drafted. Here's what Gavoni notes, though. A total of 89 college players removed their names from the NBA draft early entry list at the deadline, which was just a few days ago. O'Shea Brissett decided to keep his name in the NBA draft pool even with like seven days to go until that May 29th deadline. But now we know of 89 players that said they're out. They removed their names from the early entry list. They will go back to school. They will continue to pursue their careers in different ways. That leaves a record 88 U.S. players in the 2019 draft pool. And that distinction, those two letters and those two periods, are important as we'll describe here in a moment. But I just want to reiterate that for a second. 89 players went back, which leaves a record 88 players in the U.S. alone. These are early entries, remember. So let's just look at the math right now. There are 60 picks in the 2019 NBA draft. There are 89 early entry U.S. players. Now put in 17 college seniors and internationals that are currently projected to be among the 60 players taken in ESPN's latest mock draft. So 
no matter how you look at it, I'm certainly not a math major, but it's going to make it pretty difficult for players like Tyus Battle or O'Shea Brissett that kind of find themselves on the fringe, find themselves people questioning if they'll get in, certainly are not finding themselves in many mock drafts at this point. But here's why it may not matter. As Jonathan Gavoni goes on to note, more than half the players who left their names in the draft are unlikely to be selected on June 20th, as we know, something that would have been considered a disaster in the past. However, the addition of the NBA two-way, which pays $75,000, and Exhibit 10 contracts, that pays $50,000 in 2017, and the increasing minimum salary of the NBA G League, which at this point is $35,000, appears to have encouraged more college players to leave school prior to their eligibility expiring, as there are now more avenues than ever for fringe players to make a living professionally in the U.S. while keeping their NBA dreams alive. And as Gavoni notes, the NCAA is allowing college players to hire agents to represent them in the pre-draft process, contributed to the record number of early entrants. The class of second-round and fringe prospects is now far more attuned to their options than in the past. Now, Here's a little more math to throw in this. Around 170 players will receive two-way or Exhibit 10 deals this summer. On top of the approximately 450 players on traditional NBA contracts. So the number is not 60. The number is 170. That is why O'Shea Brissett stayed in the draft or at least kept his name out there in the process, did not return to school and eliminated himself from this process. Tyus Battle, I think we knew was going to go in, went back, got his education, squared some things away, but it certainly helps his cause. All it takes is one team, and you want to be drafted. Everybody wants that honor, but there's more to the process. So I'm not saying it doesn't matter if you don't get picked, because everybody wants that. But there are more ways in. You just want to be in the process. You want to be on an Exhibit 10 contract, a two-way contract, an NBA Summer League deal, because you'll continue to be evaluated. It's harder to take that path. Would you want to make $35,000 as a professional basketball player, the G League minimum? Well, you've only got a short window to pursue this. If you're a player who's on the fringe, you're not a guaranteed first-round guy, you're not a Zion Williamson that's going to cash in a, you know, a Nike deal that he can live the rest of his life on, let alone the basketball money that he's due to make. If you are somebody that says, I am a professional basketball player, in my mind, I have been told this, I'm working out, I'm getting good feedback, and I just want to have a go at this, and money does not matter to you in the terms of first-round money. You just want to be in the system. You want to have a shot. They're going to get their shot. I'm not saying they're going to make it. But if you can carve out a living that way and be on the radar and work your way up, and if that leads to the G League, if that leads to Europe, if that leads to just being a professional basketball player, well, you got to remember the short window that's there. And it comes up every year, this time of the year. We just see the flood of players. We see the flood of international players. We see the flood of up-and-coming stars. And now what are we seeing? The numbers aren't there yet in terms of what I just read, 88 early entrants, 89 early entrants. But 
R.J. Hampton, we talked about that story last week. Foregoing college altogether, he's just going to go play in New Zealand for a year and get a shot at it. Darius Baisley, who decided not even to go to Syracuse, thinking he just would find his way into the G League, and then that didn't quite work out, but he bided his time. He really showed in workouts. And in Gavoni's latest projections, he's a first-round pick. So Baisley's going to get drafted. He made it. He will have that honor. But the number is not 60. The number is 170. And these options weren't there even three, four, five years ago. So if you're Tyus Battle and O'Shea Brissett, if you don't get drafted, it might not matter. And I stress the word might because it's a hard road. You are certainly more disposable that way. You are certainly somebody who... You know, they can just throw you out like yesterday's donuts if they don't like you. But it's better than not being in the system. It's better than having to go to college with your tail between your legs and hoping that your stock improves. See, that's the difference, and they're different players, different situations. It's not an apples-to-apples comparison, but the difference between O'Shea and Tyus is O'Shea is trying to get on the upswing, whereas Tyus is trying to convince people that he's not old hat that haven't seen everything about my game. I have improved this. I'm worthy of this, even though you've kind of moved on to other prospects. 170 is the number, not 60. That's the reality of the NBA these days, as they invest more in the G League and they invest in more ways. Is that what you want? Is that what you dream of as a kid? Do you sit there as an 8-year-old and, Look up with those dreamy eyes at mom and dad and say, you know what, one day I'm going to sign an Exhibit 10 contract and try and work my way through the system making $50,000 a year. No, you don't say that. But there are more options for players these days. So if you want to make snarky comments about who's getting drafted and who's not getting drafted and what are they thinking, and that's fine. That's, that's what sports opinions are for. But if the goal is simply to have a big step to being a professional basketball player, then maybe Tyus and O'Shea are on, I don't want to say the right path, but they're on a path there that did not exist even three, four, five years ago. We are going to talk to the head coach of Bayheim's Army coming up in a few minutes, Ryan Blackwell. A few guys on his roster that have been drafted, have been in the pro leagues, have been all around the world, and they're all going to come together starting in Syracuse, New York next month to make another run at that $2 million. Why is this team the one that's going to get it? We'll talk to Ryan about that coming up. First, we're going to get our stock market report. We've got my man Bill Dolly on the line, pinch hitting today for Lee Baldwin. Bill, how you doing, bud? Good. We finally had an update. It was nice. Now we're uh, talking. Okay. What goes up must come down and then come back up again. Right, Bill? Yes. We had the Dow up 500 points, nice. 2%. All the major averages closed up 2%. It was the second best trading day of the year. So finally some good news. And uh, what do we got for diamonds and dogs today, Bill? On uh, the diamond front, pretty much everything was a diamond today. We'll go with Apple, one of our largest uh, U.S. Uh, companies. They had a uh, worldwide developer uh, conference yesterday. They're introducing a uh, new TV Plus service. They're uh, introducing a new Apple Arcade gaming service, and they're coming out with an Apple credit card this summer. So. Let's go. 
Apple doing things. Yeah, Apple's not resting on their laurels. They're always thinking of new things to do. And who's our dog today? Uh, the dog goes to the uh, cruise ship industry. Uh, another day, a new, another uh, restriction or tariff. Uh, this on today, uh, the U.S. is announcing new travel restrictions to Cuba once again. So we're rebanning Cuba, and uh, we're now allowing <laughs> our cu- cruise ships to go there. So uh, the whole sector was trading lower today, and they've had a tough week. Um, a lot of accidents, including on this Sunday, there was one in Venice where a large cruise ship uh, ran into a dock and a riverboat. Bill, you didn't really have to talk me into not taking a cruise in my life, but I think that just about seals it right there. So <laughs> Exactly. I've thanks. never been on one. I may not. Thanks for letting us know, my friend. We'll talk to you again soon. Thank you. I appreciate it. It's Bill Pinch hitting for Lee Baldwin today. You can find them all at LeeBaldwin.com or stop in in Kaz, Manlius, Utica to make sure you have more diamonds than dogs on your portfolio. Ryan Blackwell joins us next. You're on the block ESPN Radio. Welcome aboard if you're just joining us. It's more than the USA Day on the block. Why is that? It was 35 years ago today this amazing, iconic album was released. Dancing in the Dark was the first single released. Along with Hungry Heart, the biggest hit Bruce ever had in terms of hits on the charts. Courtney Cox was in the video. She was planted in the audience. They actually played this song twice at a concert in Minneapolis, I believe. So they could film the video. You know who filmed this video, by the way? Brian De Palma. (laughs) I mean, Brian De Palma's got some credits as a director. Filmed this video. I could go on and on. I know more about Bruce Springsteen than I should. But uh, I I saw that today and I said, man, there's just some albums that come along that when it's the anniversary, you got to do it right. And that is absolutely one of them. We'll go on the blind side later this hour. We still got your chance to qualify to go to ESPN with us this hour. And so much more. But I don't know if you saw this today. This was pretty unique. And I liked that Dino Babers did this. Because, look, it is a cutthroat competitive world in trying to recruit in college football. And particularly when you're a Syracuse. And you're swimming upstream. You're in the same league with Clemson and Florida State and even Louisville and you're coming from a place, a program that had not been in a bowl game in a number of years and not been in the rankings since 2001, and all those things that Dino Babers has overcome and has overcome in a short period of time. Thanks, Brent. You're welcome, Coach. So now he's in a position where Syracuse's brand is back out there. People certainly know who he is. And there's a certain message that I think people expect from Dino at this point. So coming off kind of, you know, a 10-3 and season and, riding kind of the top wave of of his collegiate football powers, if you will. There's a message that he can spread out there about Syracuse football, and he's certainly doing that. But I saw this today, and I said, good for Dino. And initially when you see it, maybe your first instinct would not be to say good for Dino. Like when he literally says, go to Pitt. Wait, what? He said said that? Yes, he literally said that. So let me give you the background of this because I like – that Dino was taking on a bigger cause here when it comes to football. This is from uh, the Tribune. Syracuse football head coach Dino Babers recruited for competitor Sunday. I know that sounds, he did what? But just hang with me here. Urging high school football players to go to Penn State, Pitt, Rutgers, or Army if they wanted to. What? What? Why would you do that, Dino? Just again, hang in there. 
Babers told more than 2,000 people at the annual Lawrence First and Goal football camp that he wanted to see them stay and play close to home. He insisted that there was, quote, enough talent on this football field to win a national championship in the Northeast. Babers raised some eyebrows by saying, go to Penn State, go to Rutgers, go to Pitt, finding a player in the crowd wearing a Pitt shirt saying, quote, go to Pittsburgh. And then Dino reacts to the crowd, reacting to him, and he says, did he just say that? Yeah, go to Pitt. I'd rather see one of those schools do it with people at home than to see players run to Clemson, Alabama, Florida State. You can play ball right here. Babers adds this, quote, there's like 2,000 kids here, and you're telling me there's not 20 who can help you win, and you can pick the 20? Yeah, you can win a national championship with them. I can. And then he goes at, to add this, quote, I'm not going to turn this into a Syracuse thing. I'm not going to turn this into a Northeast thing. Why do we have to go down there and give them all the trophies when we can stay up here and win on our own? Now, he did literally say, and this will get some Syracuse fans' eyebrows up. You guys get together and say, you know what? We'll go to Syracuse and we'll win a national championship. You're doggone right we will, Faber said. So it was a message to campers. It was a message to young football players to say, listen, we know what Clemson is. But as Dino noted in talking to these kids, we had Clemson down to the last minute of that game. You don't have to go to Bama. You don't have to go to all those schools. And there is the last time a, a Northeast team was in the conversation to win a national championship. The last time they literally won a national championship was, I want to say Penn State. I've got it listed here in the story here somewhere. So just give me a moment because I want to make sure I'm right. And boys, you can fact check me on this, but I'm pretty sure that the last team was Penn State. And it's just been a run. Yeah, here it is right here. College football team from the traditional Northeast or Mid-Atlantic markets has not won a national title since Penn State in the 86th season. Babers noting the recent run of champions, Bama, Clemson, Auburn, Florida State, who have combined to win nine of the last ten titles. But he wants them to stay home. He wants the best players from the Northeast to be there. And this is reasonable. This is Dino Babers knowing, obviously, you can't get all of these players. But let's rebuild the Big East if you will, right? Let's rebuild Eastern football, Northeast football. Look, Syracuse is in the ACC, which is pretty much a, quote, Southern League. But you are still in the Northeast. You are still here in New York State. You are still geographically really the anchor of Northeast football at this point, along with Penn State. But it's the who and now. It's who's fresh, who's hot, who's got the, you know, Dino's got everything you want. He's got the personality. He motivates you. He's got the high-octane offense. You're kind of seen as an up-and-comer. People have seen them beat Clemson and come close to beating Clemson a year ago. There's a real brand with Syracuse football now. Syracuse football is hot. People are looking at it saying, wow, what's he doing up there? And it all comes down to coach. You can Look, there's so many conversations we can have about what makes a great football program. Facilities and location and stadium and recruiting and television deals and what conference are you in the coach is what matters and I understand assistant coaches too but it's the coach that draws Bama is Saban Clemson is Dabo Clemson was a really good program for a long time Dabo goes there and they're the best program in the country in the same breath with Alabama it's because of him Saban 
took what was a traditional program, certainly not that Alabama was nothing before he got there, but they were certainly down by their standards and revived it. Name me a program out there that is successful. I'm going to tell you it's because of the coach. And here's this coach at Syracuse. If they and look, the hard work starts now. You've got to maintain it. You've got to stay in that conversation. You've got to if you want to look at it particularly this year, I don't think Syracuse is going to slip on a banana peel against Liberty. But Maryland in week two, you got to be careful. That is the traditional trap game. That is not an easy game. It is on the road, and we all know who's lurking the next week and what could be happening in the next week, a sold-out game with college game day in town. That'll be the true test of a coach to go all in and hone in on the Maryland Terrapins because they're only human to want to look ahead to the enormous event that is coming up the next week. So everything will be tested. you got to keep it up. I think we all know that. But I like this message. I like being realistic about this. Know your audience. Where are you? You're at one of the biggest collective gatherings of the best football players in the Northeast trying to figure out where they're going to go next. Well, why don't you stay here? Go to Pittsburgh. Go to Rutgers. Go to Penn State. Hey, if you want to come to Syracuse, that's great too, but we can't have all 2,000 of you. It's going to be a tough battle to bring Northeast football back to what it was. But we've seen flashes of it. We've seen some teams have some success, and Syracuse is kind of the latest to say, here's our chance. It's circled back because, look, you know what Syracuse-Penn State meant, what the rivalry was, how they define Northeast football. A couple of years ago, I did a video for Syracuse.com about the 87 Syracuse football team and the undefeated season. And what Joe Paterno said When Joe Paterno walked in the locker room, he goes into the Syracuse locker room after Syracuse had beaten Penn State for the first time in forever and throttled Penn State in the Carrier Dome. And Daryl Johnson told us this story on the video. And he'll never forget Paterno coming in and saying, yes, congratulations, good on the win. And then says, now go out there and win the national championship for the Northeast. Go win it for us. So all this talk about the SEC and regional pride, and look, that's what makes college football great. And I can apply this to other sports, but we're having a conversation about college football. There is regional pride in this. And why should the South have all of it? SEC football, SEC, all about football in the South. And that's great, and that's what they do, and it defines life more than anything in certain places in the South. It's literally in the names of the regions, the Pac-12, the Big 12, the Big 10, the ACC, like you think of certain regions. Well, Syracuse, Penn, Penn State's in the Big 10, but you don't necessarily associate that with a Northeast League. They wanted to make a Northeast football league. They tried with the Big East, spawning off the success of basketball, and it fell apart. And that's unfortunate. So even though the teams are in different leagues, Rutgers is in the Big 10, Penn State's over in the Big 10, and Boston College is in the ACC, and Syracuse is in the ACC, and Pitt's in the ACC, and everybody's kind of fragmented. I like that message from Dino. Stay here. Be a part of something here. Bring Northeast football back to where there was a time that it didn't necessarily rival the SEC, but in again, in that same video, I remember talking to Don McPherson and, you know, talking about the Sugar Bowl in 88 and why Pat Dye kicked that football, and McPherson just told a great story about how he was saving face 
we can't lose to that Northeast football team. So if we can't win this game, we're going to tie it. There's a lot about pride and saving face, and there was just this stigma, if you will. It's like, come on, Northeast football, who are these guys? That was in 87. Here we are in 2019, and Syracuse is adding to that conversation. It's not just Penn State. Uh-uh. Northeast football, it's not the SEC, but, hey, we're pretty darn good up here. But what's going to bring it all full circle is someone's got to win a title. Someone's got to be in that Final Four. Someone's got to – beating Clemson's great, and individual teams winning individual games is great. Having a great record in bowl games certainly helps, but someone's got to win the title. So you see that headline. You see some of those quotes. You're like, Dino Baber said what? But then you see the whole message, and it makes a ton of sense. 437-7644, Brent Axe Media on Twitter. The text line is 288-0644. Hey, if you missed it earlier, we had Bayheim's Army head coach, Ryan Blackwell, on the show. That is up at ESPNSyracuse.com in the audio vault. That's where we put all the interviews we do on the show. Great stuff from Ryan on building this year's roster, what it's going to take to beat overseas elite this year, and a player that could be added to the roster down the road. That's all up at ESPNSyracuse.com in the audio vault. Got to take a quick break. We'll come back after this. You're on the block, ESPN Radio. 